1: Challenge the
2: Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview looking ahead to Sunday's home tie in the FA Cup with Premier League Norwich City. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me to look ahead to that game first up uh, Mr Tom Wallin. How you doing Tom?
3: All good, thank you. Yeah, how yeah, are
2: you? Struck down with a nasty bout of cup fever, I imagine?
3: Uh, Yeah, it's horrendous. Honestly, kept me in bed all week.
2: Yeah, you have to, do you have to isolate for cup fever? don't know, don't know. We'll that's j- why I wasn't at the Papa John's. Yeah, well, that's j- my excuse anyway. Yeah, it was wrong wrong type of cup. Uh, and also joining us, a man who has uh, fled the country and finally been sent back, uh, Mr Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Lewis?
4: Yeah, good, mate. Thank you. You are right.
2: Yeah, good to have you back in the UK. I do your Christmas in the US, but you're back on home soil now. How was it?
4: Yeah, really good, mate. Thank you. Really good. Went very quickly. But yeah, glad to be back. Looking forward to going back to Charlton. It's been far too long.
2: Exactly. Who needs, who needs uh, Miami and, and, and Florida when you can be uh, in, in SE7? That's what I always say. Uh, so on tonight's show, we will be looking ahead to that tyre with uh, Premier League at Norwich. We're going to hear briefly from Johnny Jackson looking ahead to the game. We've also got Jacko uh, talking about Harry Arter going back to Not- Nottingham Forest, uh, the transfer window. Uh, Jaden Stockley's injury, update on that. Of course, we'll look back at the uh, enthralling Papa John's trophy win uh, in midweek over Milton Keynes uh, and uh, we'll also hear from Georgia Fox who signed on loan uh, for the women today we've uh, got David Freezer from the Eastern Daily Press he's going to tell us all about Norwich City later on in the pod as well but it's Norwich City who are coming to the Valley on Sunday then the Premier League side uh, visiting SC7 I asked Johnny Jackson very briefly uh, to have a look ahead to the game
1: yeah it's a great game for us isn't it it's uh, Premier League team coming here we want to showcase what we're about um it's a game that that i want to try and win i want to try and cause an upset obviously we know that we'll be the un- massive underdog in that um but i went strong in the last round Um i'll go strong in this round and we'll be giving it everything we can to get through
2: there you go jacko highlighting it as uh well a winnable tie i think that's the way we're sort of pitching this tom you know premier league side the first premier league side to come to the valley in a competitive game since we got relegated which is a bloody long time ago Um, But, I mean, not really a Premier League side, if we're being honest. It's only Norwich, uh, the the least uh, attractive Premier League side you could have got. Basically, a Championship side plus. Um, But because of that, and because they're in dire straits in the Premier League, you'd imagine they'll make changes. So, we'll we'll look at this as a winnable game.
3: Definitely. Yeah, I think your your point there is right. They're a a Premier League team, really, in name only. Um, But they are still in that division, and... I think they're the sort of team that we could have a really good go at if we pick a strong side, and if we're up for it. And I think it's a good good chance to test ourselves against some good opposition um, and, and just see how we cope. I think first sort of half an hour or so of the game will be very telling because if we can keep it tight and keep it at, you know, nil-nil or maybe even sneak ahead, then it's going to be a real decent cup tie. But, you know, even though they are only Norwich there is every chance that their quality might tell and they might run away with it. And obviously we hope that doesn't happen. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's not the, you know, the the top four that you might want to get down here or, you know, the exciting away day at somewhere like, I don't know, Old Trafford or, or wherever, but it, it's a Premier League tie and it's one that we should go into with with a bit of confidence and try and, and cause an upset because no matter the fact that they're bottom of the league, it, it still would be an upset if we beat them. So yeah, I'm excited to uh, to see what happens.
2: Mm, yeah, I mean Jacko said there, Lewis, that we're going to be going strong. We have gone strong in in pretty much all of the the FA Cup game, or well, both of the FA Cup games we have played so far this season. The the win over Havant and Waterlooville, and then obviously we got past Gateshead last time out in in what was a real tough, real tough game, uh, and that was was pretty much the strongest side we had available to us at the time. So I mean, it almost goes without saying that we'll be putting out another very strong side. Uh, on on Sunday, especially when I guess you take in consideration that we're quite far away from the playoffs now, you could argue that the two cups that we're left in are where we're going to make a real dent in this season if we do so now.
4: Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's a good opportunity for us to try and go on a bit of a cup run because, as you say, the season itself has has become a little bit, you know, stale if you like, because of the start that we had. We're um, some way off the playoffs now. I, I don't think the season's over as such, but I do think that it'd be a real Uphill battle to get to where we wanted to be at the start of the season, so it's a good opportunity to try and have a cup run because you know so many times, year after year, we don't really <laughs> seem to go on a decent cup run, and, and we're always sort of robbed of of any kind of Premier League tie um, as the rounds progress, etc. Because we don't progress ourselves, so it's nice to see us one in the third round, and also to get a Premier League side at home. And I know, as we say, it is only Norwich, but. It's going to attract a fairly decent crowd. And I think it will be a, a fairly decent encounter as well. And I think we've got a real a real chance of causing, you know, not, not so much of a shocking upset, but but an upset um, in this round, given that the state, that kind of Norwich are in, in the Premier League, you know, they're not, not doing too well. Are they going to focus purely on trying to get as many points as they can in the Prem to try and stay up against the odds and kind of put the cups to the back of their mind? Or are they going to give it a go? the same way that we are that maybe their season is over but um, something I'm really looking forward to and, and it's a real test for for us to see where we're at and also an early test for Johnny Jackson to come up against a side you know a couple of divisions higher than where we are right now.
2: Yeah I and mean, especially with Norwich there are only three points from safety I think they've played a, a game more than Watford who are sitting outside the relegation zone Norwich are bottom in the Premier League with, with 10 points playing 19 Watford have played 18 and they have 13 points so uh, Burnley uh, just below Watford have played 17 games so they've got two in hand on Norwich so it's not like their season's over I mean the way they've been playing recently suggests that they haven't got a, a great deal of hope of, of getting out of this Tom um so a, again we'll be thinking their minds will be elsewhere now when we look at the team that we put out obviously the the main obvious team news will be the fact that we can't play Akin Fameway because he's on loan from Norwich so uh, possibly a chance for, for Ryan Innes to come and he put in a a solid hours work against uh, Milton Keynes during the week um so we're hoping like this could be a way to sort of ease him back into into sort of full fitness as well over the next few games.
3: Yeah, he obviously had that that 5 minutes up front as well didn't he on New Year's Day. So I think we've been quite protective over him um, and obviously the postponements have helped that as well. I think we've sort of gradually eased him back in, but we also need to be careful with him because in the short amount of time that we've had him we know how injury prone he can be or or how much he struggled with them. So I'd definitely like to see him get some minutes, whether he plays the full game or not, I'm not sure. But, you know, we've got Deji Elowere as well, who's who's played in the past. We've had, you know, the likes of, of Matthews or Gunter have played in that centre. Sean Clare has played in there as well. So even if we are going to play our normal three at the back, we've still got a lot of options. I mean, obviously we'd love Fanwo there. I think he's definitely kicked on again this season or certainly the last few months of the season. He's looked pretty solid. Um, but, you know, that's the way it goes, unfortunately, with these loans. And I think we've got enough options at the back that we can rotate people in. I guess the other big one, maybe you're about to ask Lewis, this is obviously Jade and Stockley, are, are no, likely to be out. Uh, I haven't seen any update on that yet. But what we do up front, because I think with the Wickham game, that's where we really looked like we were struggling without him. So what we do up at the other end of the pitch for me is, is going to be the key thing, because obviously we're going to need to score a goal at least.
2: Yeah, I mean... We we don't know for certain whether Jaden will be out, and we'll discuss that later on in terms of his injury itself. But if he is out, I mean, Lewis, you were lucky enough to not be on the same continent as as Josh Davison's first half performance against Wickham. Um, you know where, where it just didn't happen for him, unfortunately. But and we've seen Jonathan Lecco uh, up top in I mean away at Plymouth, he was up top partnering Jaden, um, and he came on second half partnered Connor a- against Wickham. You'd assume. That would probably have to be the way we'd go there, even if it isn't anywhere near as fluid as the, the Stockley and Washington partnership.
4: Yeah, I think so. I think it's making best of what you've got. And I, I did follow the game um, against Wickham from from the US. I was watching on Valley Pass. And yeah, Josh's first half performance was was not up there. You know, it was quite disappointing. And it's a shame because he's someone that I thought had a, had a lot of potential. And I think he still does, but... I thought this season especially, I know he was he was really within the plans under Nigel when, when you know, earlier on in the season, it was mentioned that he wouldn't be going on loan, he'd be staying here and, and he was in the first team plans. And I thought maybe he'd kick on and, and bring something especially at this level because I thought he performed okay at a championship level. Saw him out on loan last year. And then this season, I thought oh, maybe, maybe he can kick on with us. And it, it just hasn't happened, you know. So I, ca- I can't see him playing on sunday i think i think it will be either lecco or or maybe they'll change the system up and go with go with a three and have a winger either side of connor i'm not sure but if they were to go uh, for the system they've been playing recently then i i would probably um pick lecco over Davison right now 100 percent
2: yeah and and that would obviously free up that space on the right hand side for dialing jacemi to stay in the side tom and he'll be one who will want to try and prove himself he had three or four years at Norwich without getting in a, a league appearance. Um, and, and a player, perhaps over the last few weeks, has, you know, he's had some very DJ games. He goes a little bit quiet, sees a bit of the ball, then, then doesn't. And sometimes his crossings on, sometimes it's off. So um, games like this, where, where you're up against a Premier League side and probably expectation levels aren't as high. I mean, it could, it could be one for him to really kickstart a little bit of form as well. Yeah,
3: and we saw at the, the start of the Jacko era exactly the the sort of player that we thought we'd signed. He was taking players on, he looked confident, he was trying rainbow flicks and all sorts, wasn't he? And as you say, the last couple of games in particular, that's just sort of fallen away a bit. I think, again, if I use the Wickham as an example, I think they crowded him out and they, they marked him out of the game a little bit, but maybe he has just lost a little bit of confidence. So, as you just said there, a game against a team like Norwich um, will really fire him up to... To show them what he what he can do, and we need that, you know. Again, if we go back to to last weekend, that's what we said was missing. You know, a lot of our play does go through those wide wide areas, those wing backs, and we need them to be on song. And when they're not, ultimately, then that's when we start to struggle. So, yeah, I, I'd like to see him get that start. Um, I, I didn't see Tuesday night's game, but there was sort of mixed reviews about Kirk. Um, we've obviously got Blackett Taylor as well, so we we have got options in those wide places, but. For me, DJ is the the standout candidate, if you like. And when he's on song, he's, you know, maybe not untouchable, but he, he's certainly going to be hard for, for Norwich to defend against. So, yeah, I just hope he uh, he can start to pick that form back up. And, and as you say, with the pressure, a slightly different type of pressure in this FA Cup game, that might be exactly what he needs to really just uh, to let loose and give it a go.
2: Mm, Excellent. Right, I mean, the FA Cup, Lewis, what does it mean to you in this day and age? I think it's more exciting when you're a team who is an underdog, I guess. Um, But we we don't get traditionally massive crowds for it. Um, Obviously... Uh, Paul Doswell uh, in, in particular one who was disappointed with our, our home crowd against Havant and Waterlooville um, are you still excited for it is it just not got I mean the fact that Norwich will almost certainly bring a much changed side does that take away a bit of the, the magic the fact we're playing Norwich at all take away a bit of the, ma- the magic for you?
4: Um, not really for me I mean when the draw was, was announced I think I was a little bit disappointed wasn't it was, It came down to like the, the last four names didn't it and it was us I think it was us Arsenal, Forest and Norwich and I was I was thinking I would love, you know, Arsenal at home or Arsenal away. Um even Forest away would have been a good laugh. So when it, when it came through as Norwich at home, I think it was the sort of least inspiring of the of the lot. Um but that doesn't really take the magic away from me really purely from the fact that I think we've actually got a decent chance of progressing to the fourth round by playing Norwich. So I, I think, you know, not that the not so much that the magic's not there. Of course it's maybe not the the glamour fixture that we that we may wanted especially after so many years of not getting to this stage and not being given the the chance to draw against a premier league side because we always seem to go out in the first or second round for as long as i can remember um i think it's a good opportunity for us to come up against a premier league opposition and you know if they are if they are completely changed then hopefully it makes the task you know easier for us and and if it gives us an opportunity to progress to the fourth round and the chance to get another another tie potentially against another premier league opposition that could either bring in you know a decent gate receipt at the valley or give charlton fans a really good away trip where no no doubt at all we would sell out wherever it was um i think you know for me that's an exciting thing to look forward to
2: excellent stuff um i mean in terms of a crowd tom i don't know what we're expecting um you know, it, it won't be a sellout, we'll put it that way. <laughs> um, obviously, we don't get massive crowds these days because we're in League One uh, and you can't give away tickets in the in the FA Cup. Um, I think unless both teams agree to it at the minimum, it, or you might not even be allowed to do it at all, actually. But, um, you know, are you expecting a massive one? Crowd, that uh, is. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, careful. I'm, um, I'm expecting a bigger crowd or a decent-sized crowd, I think. I reckon Norwich will bring a few down because it's not a million miles away. Um, and, and I think, you know... We just talked there about the magic of the cup. There are still people who maybe have got, you know, young children. And and for the the adults there, they still do have that magic of the cup. And maybe it's an opportunity to take kids where maybe they wouldn't usually to a league game because that magic is still there for them. Uh, And I think for some people, you know, even though it is, I know he keeps just saying it is just Norwich, it is a Premier League side coming to town. So... I think that does add a add a few more onto the gate as well. As you say, I'm not expecting 26,000, in there, but I think it will be a a decent sized crowd and I know last weekend it was read out at like 18,000, wasn't it, and there was definitely only about 11 or 12,000 in the ground. Um so bums on seats, I definitely expect there'll be more than that. Um and maybe nearer the the 18,000 that was suggested last week. But uh Yeah, bigger crowd again makes a difference, doesn't it? We know what we can do um, when the team, certainly when the team are attacking that covered end. So those little margins like that on a day where you're playing a team who are that much higher
2: up the leagues than you, it it can make a difference.
3: So uh, yeah, hopefully we do get a few in.
2: Nice one. Well, don't forget, it's a two o'clock kickoff and it's on Sunday at the Valley. There's still plenty of time to get your tickets. So if you're not going, you will be able to listen to full uh, commentary on the BBC Sport uh, website. So make sure you, uh, you tune in uh, for that one, we'll talk more about the Norwich game uh, later on in the show. We've got some other things uh, to talk about as well. The big news uh, this week uh, was that Harry Arter has been returned to Nottingham Forest, uh, his uh, loan spell at the Valley. Has uh, has been cut short. Uh, I asked Jacko about uh, Harry Arta going back to the uh, his uh, parent club, and also a little bit about uh, how the transfer window is shaping up uh, early days. So this is what Jacko said. And he agreed. Really, that had never really happened uh, for Harry Arta here at Charlton on his second spell with the club.
1: Just that, really. Yeah. Obviously, he never got the the games that that he would have liked, and you know we didn't we, we didn't utilise him. At, um, didn't manage to get him get him those minutes on the pitch. And obviously, you know from his point of view, he was he was looking to come here and play games. Never worked out that way, and uh, you know he was he was great around the place he was very professional um, he got on, got on with a job trained hard he just you know he couldn't force his way into that team, so uh, he's obviously had to reassess we've had to reassess and uh, he's, uh, he's gone back to Forest but um yeah it was just it was just one of those things that didn't work out, but you know he, uh we wish him the best of luck and, uh, and hope that he, he goes back there and is a success
2: frees up a, a place and I guess a, an amount of wages as well to start looking elsewhere as well.
1: Yeah, it's a lone spot that's that's now available. Obviously, we have to we have to look at those scenes, look at the squad, look at where where there's holes that we might need to fill, where we can improve. That's what that's what we're doing. Uh, looking at that every day, talking about that between myself and Steve and, and Martin Sangard and, and the guys in recruitment. We're uh, constant conversation, and hopefully we can we can do some business and get the right right types that are going to come in and help us.
2: Because they have the first few days of the window been? Is it quite manic as a, as a manager to start looking at that sort of stuff?
1: Yeah, it's busy. There's lots of conversations. That's what happens at the start of the window. Lots of conversation, very little action. Uh, there hasn't been. There's been very little uh, business conducted so far. All of a sudden, deals deals start happening, and then they snowball from there, don't they? So, um, you know, as much as you're keen to get you know your business done as early as possible, it's a really tricky window. Um, it, it, you know, it takes it takes time. Deals deals are complicated; they take time to do. So, we have to be patient and uh, you know not rush it. Try and get the right types and make sure they're the ones that are going to come in and help with second half of the season.
2: There we go, that's Jacko. Uh, we'll, we'll come on to his comments about the transfer window itself in, in a few moments' time, Lewis. But I mean, Harry Arthur, I think he made four league appearances for us, which, to be honest, is more than I remembered him making. Uh, and two cup as well. Um, And yeah, it just clearly wasn't anywhere near the side, unfortunately. I think his most telling contribution was when he got booked while he was on the bench at at Burton Albion.
4: Yeah, it just didn't work out for him, did it? Which is a shame because I was really looking forward to having him back. You know, I thought it was the sort of signing that we needed at the time. I think we were lacking a bit of strength in midfield and a, a little bit of aggression we had at that stage of the season, especially, you know, Dobson wasn't really anywhere near it. Sean Clare couldn't get in the side. We were looking at sort of Ben Watson and Albie Morgan in in centre mid. And when we saw Harry Arter come in, I thought once he gets up to speed and up to scratch with his fitness, that he'd be a very good addition. And, you know, sadly, it's not worked out for whatever reason. And he, he'll he go back to Forrest now and, you know, best of luck to him and what happens for, you know, for him going forwards. But the main thing is I think it frees up a position and maybe frees up a, a little bit of the wages as well because I think we were paying a percentage of them that, it can now be used somewhere else, hopefully, as we look to strengthen the side for the second half of the season. So, all the best to him, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, no, nobody expects every transfer to go well, um, Tom. You know, that's just this is the way of the world. It's, it's probably a a lesson, I guess, in, in in making sure that we try and get the right ones. Because you'd imagine someone like like Harry Arter, uh we would have certainly had to have paid a, a percentage of his wages, you'd assume. So, it, it's a it's a case of making sure you you, you try and just. Uh, don't make that same mistake again
3: yeah it's a really difficult one with him and he's kind of got the the joe ledley syndrome almost where he comes in with a, a good enough reputation He's he is towards the, the back end of his career but played a lot of his football at a higher level and not somebody you know not like a madison not somebody who's known as being a bit of a maverick or maybe a little bit lazy or or whatever you know they're those two players, as examples, are, are known as kind of hardworking, grafting midfielders. And so I don't think he will have come here and, you know, slouched around and kicked up a fuss that he wasn't playing or anything like that. I think he probably will have, you know, knuckled down and worked hard. And for whatever reason, it, it just hasn't worked out. So I echo what Lewis says, really. I, I wish him all the best. And I know he's been told, you know, he hasn't really got a future at Forest either. And when you get to that age of your career, you know, however much money you might have made and however successful you've been, that can't be easy for a player. So, hope it works out for him. I think with us, I'm sure we'll have done our due diligence. As I say, it's not like the uh, the Madison a um, uh, transfer where you think, uh, you know, from day one I could only see that going one way. Boya clearly thought he'd get something out of him, but just didn't manage to. Um, so, you know, in terms of who we've hired and the sort of person he is, I have no doubt that he will have wanted it to work, but. You know, it did and, and, and we move on. And and the important thing that I think everybody agrees with is it's freed up that space in terms of a loan. As you say, we'll have paid, paid a portion of his wages at least, so it will have freed up some money. So the important thing now is that we use that space and that money well to bring somebody in who, who can make a difference and can influence games. And uh, for me, that has to be up front.
2: Yeah, and uh, obviously I did ask Jacko there about the, the transfer window, his experience of it. Uh, as a manager for, for the first time, but also just, just how it was going behind the scenes. And, and, and he, he was speaking about how there's obviously a lot of conversations at this point. And I mean, we've seen in Windows recently that we, we more often than not do our... our dealings later on in the window and that might be true for a lot of clubs i haven't seen in fact i haven't seen many dealings around i don't know if if, if you've take, taken notice of a lot of clubs doing a lot of business i've seen the odd one one or two here and there but it, it feels like it's going to be a, a slower one for us again uh, lewis
4: yeah i think so and i think um jacko sort of referenced it earlier on in the week that i think all clubs will be fairly hesitant to let anyone go you know especially with loans that that's probably a position we'd be looking at, you know, alone to, to fill at the moment with the pandemic being the way it is. Are you going to have clubs let people go out on loan if if there's a risk that their their squad's going to be ravaged with COVID and they can't fulfil fixtures? I think there's quite a lot, you know, to take into account financially as well. You know, the pandemic's not been easy for, for a lot of football clubs. So I don't think we'd expect a fast start, not just from us, but from anyone. Um, but what will be interesting to see is where we prioritise first, because I think, one thing and I will mention it later in the show about Jaden. you know if he if he's injured depending on the severity of that you know that that will leave us very very short up top so it it depends I suppose if we want to get someone in quickly um to fill positions early on in the window and then revisit it towards the end or if we're gonna muck through for now and then try and do our business at the end maybe when more players come available I think it's going to be a very difficult window to judge um so it will be interesting to see how it how it progresses
2: Certainly, I mean, I think Ben said it on on Sunday's show, Tom. I mean, ideally, if if we are to try and make a dent in this fourteen point deficit behind the playoffs, then ideally we do our business as soon as possible, start picking up points straight away. That that that's the ideal scenario. But I mean, we're on the sixth of January uh, already. We've still got another. Uh, what, four league games in January. So, I mean, if we could get someone in time for when we have to go up to crew next Wednesday, that'd be ideal. But uh, not always the way things
3: work out, unfortunately. No, and Jaco said it himself, didn't he? The start of the transfer window, there's a lot of chat, but not so much movement. I think you're going to see that across the board this this January in particular, both financially for clubs with the pandemic, but also just with clubs, you know, worried about players getting struck down with COVID and having players available. So... And we have to remember where we are in the league as well. As attractive a club as we are being based in London and, and a big club at this level, uh, we are, you know, down in the the bottom half of the table. So, you know, we have to pitch it to the right people and we have to be able to sell them the long term project. And there's definitely going to be players out there who are on board and, and want to be on that journey with us. But, you know, there's not going to be hundreds of them queuing up to come through the door. So, we have to be patient. I'm sure Gallon has, has done his research as he always does. Uh, I'm sure he's got players in mind. I'm sure they're already talking to some players. But as you said, we're ha- with the Harry Arter example as well, we need to make sure they're the right player and they're the right fit. So I'm like you, the, the sooner we get them in, the better because we need to try and kick on if we're going to have any hope of, of breaking into that top six. Uh, but we also have to accept that it, it might just take a little while to get the right players as well. So let's not rush in for anybody that you know, isn't going to work out and, and in two months' time we're sending them back to their parent club or anything like that. Let's just uh, make sure that we get the right players. And, and as I say, I have full faith in, in Gallon and, and Jacko. I'm sure they will they will get some good players in and I'm, I'm sure that the second half of the season will be an improvement on the first overall. Just not convinced yet whether we can actually break into those those top six places, but mm. I'd love to be proved wrong.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of whether it's going to turn out to be permanent signings or... or... Uh, loans or, or loan and permanent it's, it's partly up to Thomas i guess you know it's not you know th- there is a bit of a a misconception out there that he he doesn't spend money because we spent more money in this summer than we than we have for a long time i believe i believe is the, is is the case so it's not like there's a few people implying he he goes like oh, that that's not the case he does spend money but whether he's going to want to do it in a January where a the season's probably already gone and b you don't necessarily always get your best value for money lewis that, that's one that that Thomas will will be thinking very carefully about
4: yeah exactly that and it will be how he views the rest of the season as well you know I think that the expectations may be set now with with Jacko taking the job don't know what the target is really for this season I assume it is still going to be to try and make the top six but I think there'll be a hell of a lot less pressure on on Jacko to achieve that this season given the deficit um so yeah I think it will depend now about how we recruit you know smartly and and how we approach the market with with what we have and you know do we look at players that may leave in the summer and, and look at positions to identify that we need to fill quickly or or to be honest there's no mad rush for it is there if the season's over but I would like to see some business because I don't want the season to completely wither out and while there's football to be played there is still a possibility of making that top six albeit quite a slim one I think the thing for me will be um, in my head, at the moment, what I'm thinking about that will be the most interesting is what what happens with with Fameway because of the um, the loan with the option to buy. Whether we do anything with that in this uh, in this window, and maybe Elliot Lee as well. I think they're they're the two that I wouldn't be surprised if we tried to get over the line on a permanent basis this month. But again, they're things that that may wait until the summer when we have a little bit more time to do that and we can prioritise other positions.
2: Excellent stuff. Right, I promised you an update on Jaden Stockley's uh, injury. Uh, I asked uh, Jacko on Tuesday for an update on Jaden's hip problem.
1: Still managing that. Gone. Gone to see a specialist today, so um, we have to see what you know what the outcome of that is. It's a yeah. It's a it's a bit of a strange injury um, at the minute um, around his hip area. So we have to get it right. Um, it's, you know, we have to we have to make sure that we don't lose him for a, for any longer period of time by by putting him at risk. So. Uh, it's with the physios yeah it's with them at the minute they'll they'll report back to me hopefully tomorrow or, or the next day we might have a bit more clarity on that but at the minute no, I haven't got an update. Is
2: he re- still reasonably confident it's not going to be a long-term
1: one or anything? I am yeah I am and I don't, don't want to put a, a time frame on it um, hopefully it's nothing too serious uh, obviously the specialist will will know a little bit more than what I do don't really know what I'm talking about but um, yeah I'm hopeful that he's uh he's not out for long.
2: There we go I'm um... Jacko always seems to play his card reasonably close to his chest in terms of timescales. I mean, sometimes he obviously wouldn't know yet anyway. But with, with Jaden, I asked him if he if he was still confident it's not going to be a long term injury, and and he, and he said it sounded like he was. So that that's a positive. But I mean, f- for us in our situation, any, anything over the space of about one game is too long because we need Jaden. He's our top scorer. He's having a good season, Tom. And um, you know, if he's not back for Sunday. And maybe not Wednesday, then that that'll start to be a concern,
3: yeah, spot on I think when whenever you find out that a player is being sent to a specialist, it kind of rings alarm bells, doesn't it, because you think it's got to be something more serious, but as you say, Jacko certainly doesn't outwardly sound too concerned yet, which is a positive I think look we we've accepted that if he is going to be out because you know he was suspended earlier in the season, Con has been injured for periods since he's been at Charlton. We have to find a way to work when one of them isn't there. And we spoke a little bit about that on Sunday's show. And whether that's bringing somebody else in or whether that's adapting our our style with the players that we've got left, we have to do that anyway. So that's something that maybe, if he is out, we might be forced to do a little bit earlier than we initially thought, which might not be the worst thing in the world. But ultimately, you you want your best players playing. And as you say, he is having a good season. He is our, our talisman up there and... I'd much rather he's in the side than out of it at the moment. But, you know, that's the way it is. Players get injured, unfortunately, and that's what happens. And as I say, we just have to be better prepared for that. And, you know, you mentioned Davison a little bit earlier and and his poor performance at the weekend. Whether it's him, whether it's Lecco up top, um, whoever it is, we need to be able to cope when one of our players is out. So if we're forced into that, it's another opportunity to try something else without him.
2: Excellent stuff. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. When we come back, uh, we'll chat about another front for which we are fighting to get to Wembley. Hold
0: up.
1: There, heads it away can Lee pick it up yes he can ahead of Kamara now sends Washington on that right hand side he's in space Washington into the area he goes can he drill it home yes yeah! he can oh Connor Washington put shot to two lit up and could that be the game a lovely ball out Connor Washington on the run Burstow is in the middle but Connor Washington drills it home
2: Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview looking ahead to Sunday's uh, FA Cup third round tie with uh, Norwich City at the Valley. Looking forward uh, to the game to an extent, you know, it's not, not quite Arsenal. Uh, it's not Liverpool, but uh, it's, it's a Premier League team coming down to SC7. A chance perhaps to try and cause a bit of an upset and to progress uh, to the next round, and we progressed to the next round of a different competition uh, on Tuesday night. Milton Keynes came down to the Valley in the Pepperoni Trophy, and this is what happened.
3: Instead, goes back to Gunter. Gunter, it's back
2: to Suárez. That looks to overlap
3: Suárez, allows room for the Suárez cross. It's a deep one,
2: and it's crossed over there, and it's flicked in by Jonathan Rico. Charlton
1: had the goal. In the first minute of added time, the cross from Suarez picked out Burstow. The far side of the six-yard box as Suarez was looking, the header back inside, picked out
2: Lico, and he nodded it home. It's an outstanding header at this far post by Burstow. It's a really good cross.
1: By yeah, really, really pleased that we got through. Uh, always want to win games, do not you? And uh, this one was no different, so it was really pleased that we managed to you know, score that late winner, especially you know, scoring that late makes it very difficult for them to come back. So, you sort of are preparing yourself for penalties there at the end, thinking that it's just gonna uh, it's gonna be a stalemate. So, for uh, for Lee, to pop up that late with, with a winner,
2: really, really pleased. tantalisingly close now, only two games from Wembley. Is that in the back of your mind? Yeah, I mean, of course. Like, but I, I've said from the start in this competition
1: um, that I've, the games that I've been in charge, that I want to win them, I want to win every game that I go into. So. Um, the fact that I've got, um, I've got a strong squad and I've got, I've got lads that, that need minutes lads returning from injury allows me to make changes but also field a strong team um, I wouldn't put a team out there that I didn't think was capable of winning the game and progressing I would never like, throw the tie away uh, in that regard so you know I've got full faith in the teams that I put out there that they can win and progress and that's that's what we've done so far and that's what we be doing in the
2: next round What did you make of the performance overall? It was quite open in, in the second half in particular but also your team was the one that went, went to the very end
1: Yeah I thought I thought they started brighter I thought the first ten minutes they caused us issues and, and moved us around and I think we really got to grips with it and uh, played some nice stuff in that first half at times uh, got in some good positions and um, I think we had opportunities where we might have pulled the trigger got some shots off in the first half and was a bit disappointing that we turned them down and you know we spoke about that at at half time that we have to try and be more ruthless and then you're right I think the second half got stretched the game got stretched got open Uh, we had to make some enforced changes just um, not through injuries just through sort of managing people's return to play and stuff like that and I think there was a little period there where that that caused a few problems, that caused some issues. Then we got to grips with it again and thought we finished quite strong and, and managed to get the goal. So it was it was it was a good game, two good two good teams trying to win, and um, pretty even. But we, we managed to come out on top.
2: I think the draws coming up this week. I think have you got any ideas of, of what sort of tie you'd want? It's no no longer regionalised, which could. For a bit of a spanner into the works. Well, then I'm going to say I want a home time. It <laughs> yeah, will
1: be the only answer. I don't don't care who we play, but yeah, I'd rather you know, rather we got a home one so we don't have to travel
2: midweek. There we go. The goal and reaction from Johnny Jackson uh, on after Tuesday's win over Milton Keynes. Uh, Jonathan Lecco with the last minute winner. That sends us through to the quarterfinals of the competition. As you heard there from Jacko, I asked him what sort of tie he wanted with it no longer being regionalised. Uh, he said, well, if it's no longer regionalised, I just want a home tie. Uh, Hartlepool away, in case you're wondering. It couldn't have gone any worse, Lewis. Uh, will you be up there Tuesday night in Hartlepool?
4: Probably not, mate, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 even I've bailed. This is going
2: to be the first game I've, I'm going to miss this season. But there's no way I'm doing Hartlepool on a Tuesday night in the Papa John's. Yeah, not for
4: me. It's a little bit too far. And especially being midweek, evening, January, probably going to be quite cold. I hate to be that fair weather fan, but it's, it's not going to be <laughs> too a, pleasant, a, is it? It's
2: January as well. We're already, so we're already taking time off work to go to crew next Wednesday. We've got Portsmouth on a Monday night at the end of the month as well. So that's an afternoon off. I mean, it's, just, it's more hassle than it's worth, but... In terms of the competition, I guess uh, people getting carried away a bit, Lewis, about the fact we've drawn, the, I, f- I think, the lowest place club left in it, but certainly a, a League Two club. Um, but surely that all goes out the window anyway, because we don't play our first team, they don't play their first team. It's just who happens to have the best reserves, I guess.
4: Yeah, exactly that. You know, it's no, no tie is easy. You know, the, the MK tie on uh, on Tuesday was a, was a difficult one when you look at it on paper. And, and they played a fairly strong side as well. Um, so I was I was relatively impressed, really, given the sort of players that we put out. I know we had, you know, Jonathan Lecco and Ryan Inist and people like that playing that were obviously, you know, people we see as, as strong first team players. But you look at the, like you know, Nathan Harness in goal and Aaron Henry getting the minutes as well and, and people coming on for debuts and everything like that. It was a, it's an impressive result, you know, it is an impressive result. And I know that the cup that we, you know, the pizza Papa John's pepperoni trophy as we tend to mix it up and call it whenever we like. You know, it is it is a bit of a laughable competition maybe, but at the same time, it does give some of these sides a really good opportunity to to go on a proper cup run that maybe they wouldn't be in and around the first teams. And obviously with the under-21s and it, it, sometimes can feel a little bit diluted for the for the Premier League sides being in there. But it's nice to see that, you know, we're on a, on a bit of a cup run here and we have got a chance of going to Wembley. And, you know, if we do have to suffer some of these games and it, it does end up with us getting a trip to Wembley, uh for the final you know and we're being quite tipped for the final at the moment you know it'd be a great day out so you know I'm all, I'm all for it and hopefully we can we can do the business and try and go all the way
2: yeah I mean the, the, the closer we get Tom the more tantalizing a prospect it it, it becomes to have it's effectively like a, a tour of Wembley because if you go and you lose like who cares it's like a, it's a free hit just to get to go to Wembley and have a laugh so the closer we get the more I'm gearing up I'm, I'm going to sign up for a Papa John's loyalty card at this rate
3: Yeah I had this debate with with quite a lot of people over the past couple of days because I still don't know how I feel about that if we did get there and I completely agree with what you're saying it would just be a very relaxed experience at Wembley you know I'd go I'd have a few beers I'd you know not be too fussed about the result and that's fine I just for me Wembley should be more special than that and so it kind of undermines
2: I guess what going to Wembley means imagine we get there and we're playing the Arsenal under 21s (laughs) exactly it just it makes a bit of a farce of the competition but then the competition is a farce anyway so I just
3: it's not so much that I don't feel I should you know uh, or that I should turn down a chance to see Chant at Wembley it's that I don't feel this competition is worthy of a final at Wembley but if we get there uh, you know I probably will be there as I say at least you can relax and have a good day out and and if you lose it doesn't really matter but we have got to get past Hartley and, and somebody else first anyway, so we're not there yet. But yeah, it would certainly be a different experience to the last time we were there. That's for sure.
2: Mm. I mean, certainly one of the the good things about the, the competition that we've that we've had so far is is some of the younger players are playing. We've actually played a pretty strong team. I, I'd argue uh, Tuesday night was the. Not weakest. I don't think that's quite fair, but the, the not the strongest side we've put into the competition. But we have seen the lights. I mean, Nathan Harness in goal, in particular, Lewis has been superb in the, in, in in the in the trophy and uh, made two or three excellent saves on on, on Tuesday night. And um, he's really showcasing himself. You and Williams got a debut. There, there are little bits and pieces which, which make the competition worthwhile for the football club, if not necessarily for the for the spectators themselves and we're seeing that in, in the low crowd still. I think sixteen hundred there on Tuesday was the highest we've had in that competition probably ever since it's since it's changed name, but certainly this season where where we've also had one that was sub eight hundred.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's not a, a well thought of trophy really is it? But as you said there, perfectly, you know, it is an opportunity for some of these younger players to to get some minutes and come up against decent opposition and also with an opportunity to get to Wembley. And you'd like to think that if we did go to Wembley, that these young players that are getting us there now or trying to get us there now would be the ones that get the opportunity to play there. And, and if that is the case, then, you know, I'm all for it. To see, like you said, like I said, Nathan Harness getting minutes and performing very well. You know, he's a real prospect for the future. So the minutes that he's getting in under his belt playing in this competition will only benefit us in the future if he, if he gets, you know, more around the first-team pitcher. The same with the likes of Mason Burstow. You know, we've seen him come on the scene this season and and he's impressed in those cup competitions. And he's had a couple of appearances in the league and it probably would be too soon to throw him in uh, in League One at the moment. So this sort of competition maybe kind of helps spoon-feed him a little bit into that, that level of competitiveness because I think it's been said many times before, you know, the under-21, under-23 level is very different to... the the level you come across when you get into the full senior game so if it gives these young players an opportunity to you know to come up against big experienced players then you know it's it's doing a a good job in getting getting them ready and bloodying them up ready for for their step up into the senior side
2: yeah I mean also for the fringe players one of which is Charlie Kirk Tom Uh, I mean it's his performance I sort of wanted to highlight on Tuesday he's still he's still struggling to get going isn't he
3: yeah I mentioned him very briefly earlier and i do feel for him in a way we know, we know the player he he has been and, and what he's capable of and obviously he had those difficult personal circumstances in the summer and that may well still play a part in in why he's struggling a little bit it also could just be you know fitting in at a new team or yeah, he hasn't had a whole lot of minutes recently has he either so it's difficult for him as i say we know the player he's capable of and and you know if i focus on the team and what we want to achieve we we need him playing well as well so it's a difficult situation all round, really. I, I hope he, I hope he stays, and I hope he finds a way to kick on. Because as I say, there is a, a really good player in there for this level, but at the moment it's just not working. And, and these are the opportunities. You know, Jacko said it. Boyer used to say it as well. These are the opportunities you've really got to grab and take and, and prove why you should be in, in the uh, the starting eleven for the league games. The same happened with Albie Morgan, um, and we, you know, we haven't really seen him since. So. It's difficult, and as I say, I do sympathise with him because he, he's gone through a difficult time. Um, but ultimately, you know, it, my my focus is Charlton Football Club, and and we need a good Charlie Kirk, and we haven't really seen that yet, which is which is unfortunate.
2: Excellent stuff. Right, a couple of uh, messages have come into the show this evening. Simon says, with the playoffs uh, looking like a tall order, I would field a strong side and give it a real go against Norwich City. The FA Cup is not a priority for them uh, either, uh, but I feel it's a good test for us and a winnable game if we play well. It would be great to have... A cup run. Excellent stuff. David's uh, sent in a reminder that there's going to be a Q&A with uh, former players Terry Naylor and Martin Robinson uh, on the 14th of January at the Newbridge Club uh, at the Blackheath Royal Standard. So if you guys want any further details uh, about that, let us know. There's a fun night, Q&A with the two former players uh, Friday the 14th of January. Uh, it's in uh, Blackheath. Uh, tickets are £20. Let us know if you want us to put you in touch with the organiser. And then Phil says, Hi guys, not a bad performance against Milton Keynes uh, on Tuesday. Didn't feel we created many good chances, uh, but think the lads uh, spent too much time trying to get in the perfect position to cross or shoot and fail to strike the ball first time when chances arise. Uh, by the time they finish passing back and forth, they're either in no better position or they've lost the opportunity or the ball. Uh, We need to have more confidence on the ball and hit crosses or shots earlier. Sorry it didn't work out with Harry Arter, uh, but feel it was the right choice to cut his loan short, which frees up space for another loanee uh, and additional funds for the transfer window. Another striker is essential, uh, maybe one in midfield, but Jake Forster-Kasky should be back soon. And now a left-sided flexible defender uh, to slot in on the left side of a free or left back. A strong team for Sunday, and we have a chance if we're on our game. I doubt they will play a negative team and uh, time waste in the the same way that most League One teams do. They're obviously low in confidence and we have absolutely nothing to lose. Stay positive for a healthy and positive new year. Uh, at the Valley that's from Phil cheers Phil for your message and he's uh, mentioned of course looking ahead to the, the game uh, with Norwich on Sunday in the FA Cup uh, let's find out a little bit more about the Canaries uh, shall we obviously sit in rock bottom of uh, the Premier League as we mentioned earlier on a dreadful run of form uh, as well they've lost one, two, three, four, five games in the Premier League uh, in a row including a 3-0 defeat at Palace last time out so they must be rubbish um, I asked uh, David Freezer uh, to give me the lowdown. Uh, he, he works for the Eastern Daily Press up there, asked him how much of a priority this game will be for Dean Smith and his side.
5: Yeah, I'd be surprised if they gave this much priority, given that they are in a really, really terrible position in the Premier League at the moment. They are, they are struggling. They can't even score goals. They have been, uh, they've gone five games in a row without a goal. And frankly... Th- the way things have worked out recently with injuries and illness, the only way I can see them going particularly strong is if some of those players are available again and do need the minutes. So they had ten players missing for the um, for the defeat at Palace recently, where they were three 0 down at half time, and then Palace basically took their foot off the pedal and. Norwich had a few goes at goal after that, but they were missing Grant Hanley. Uh, Mateus Norman has been a big miss recently. He's um, Norway international midfield. He's been he, their best player, but he, he's been injured for, I think, six games. May not be back till February. Milo Roschitza, similarly, was one of the summer signings which has worked out. Andrew Obama-Daly, who's a Ireland international defender, but then they also had, we, we don't know because they haven't said explicitly that they were COVID absences, but it was either illness or injury, but Max Aarons, Todd Cantwell, Tamey puki they all dropped out as well. Tim Krull had COVID. He put that on Christmas Day. So, I mean, I've pretty much named a lot of the players who are going to be recognisable to Charlton fans there, really. And any promoted club, if you take 10 players out of their squad, they're obviously going to struggle. And unless one of those or some of those players need the minutes against Charlton, then I think all the focus will be on three days later when they go to West Ham for a, a rearranged game, for one that they had to, to postpone because of COVID.
2: Mm. I mean, mean. Looking at Norwich as a club, they're well known for being a bit of a yo-yo club now. I mean, the fans—do <laughs> the fans get frustrated that they're, you know, they've got this chance to try and stay in the Premier League and they never seem to be able to grasp it? Oh, definitely, yeah,
5: and it's—they always seem to be well placed. You know, they've been promoted as champions from the Championship twice under Daniel Farker, but. What seems to have happened both times is that Farker ball, as Norwich fans like to call it, where they play the attractive, buccaneering sort of football in the Championship, then doesn't translate to the Premier League. And they try to play the nice stuff, the fancy football, and ultimately realise that the step up in quality is absolutely huge. And I feel like if they go back down again this time, which short of Dean Smith pulling off a bit of a miracle now and really rejuvenating them once, if hopefully they can get everyone back fit then they're going to have to get promoted in a different way. If you have a look at Sheffield United, um, Brighton, Wolves, Burnley, if you want to go a little bit further back, they all went up basically with that solid base in place, didn't they? They were good defensively. And then they were able to translate to grinding out points in the Premier League. And that's how they've got established. Even Bournemouth a bit under Eddie Howe, although maybe they played some attractive football along the way. Norwich are never going to have a big budget, but they did spend about £60 in the summer. They were Stuart Webb, the sporting director, likes to use the line that they were the 11th biggest spenders in Europe. Obviously, a slightly different transfer window, wasn't it, because of COVID and all the financial difficulties around Europe and things like that. But for Norwich, that was a huge outlay, and they signed 11 players. But at the moment, it feels like the lessons from two years ago, when it was an awful relegation under Daniel Farker, they lost the last 10 games of the season those lessons haven't been learned and they've almost changed too much too quickly, lost a bit of that spirit. They've not replaced the big players like Ollie Skip and Emi Buendia. And once you chuck all these injuries and, and, and illness into the mix as well, they've just really lost the thread of things.
2: Mm, I mean, how are fans, how have they taken to Dean Smith coming in obviously so soon after his what some, some felt was quite a harsh sack in Aston Villa. But I mean, talk about out of the frying pan and into the fire because a Norwich <laughs> side that I guess, uh, is, is going to take a lot to keep them up.
5: Yeah, I think he's a brave man really because he knew that this had the potential to go badly and he probably knew that there was a good chance he'd be a championship manager again. The, the thing I feel is that most Norwich fans can handle relegation as long as they're in the fight, as long as they're scrapping to survive and they, they're in the mix towards the end of the season. If they go back down ultimately they're not most aren't too worried because they know they'll probably go back to the championship and be in the promotion mix again. But if you go down in abject style, like they did two years ago, again, then that's kind of unforgivable unforg- really, because it shows that, that lessons haven't been learned, but Smith um, people maybe took a little while to warm up to him. Cause he just lost his last five at Villa and, Daniel Fark was so loved for his personality, but amongst the supporters, he'd really led a bit of a cultural revolution at the club as well in in terms of style and the players that they recruited to, to fit that. So it maybe took a little while to work to him, but things started pretty well. He won his first game at home to Southampton. They really gave Wolves a scare. They drew 0-0, but should have won. Um, they missed a massive opportunity up at Newcastle when... Um, Kieran Clark was sent off after ten minutes, and they should. If they'd have won that one, they really would have been flying. And the early signs were, were really quite positive. They were pressing a lot higher up the pitch, but ever since, you, you just haven't been able to level, level much blame at him because he's been robbed of, as I was listing earlier, that ten players, and I would argue six of them are probably in the strongest um, eleven. So his plans have really gone out of the window, and at the moment, he he looks a bit exasperated and, and a bit like your question pitched that I think. He's probably wondering why he went straight back into a Premier League relegation
2: battle. Mm. And finally, then, I mean, we, we already touched on it, but looking ahead to the, the game on Saturday, what what's, has there been any early indication of what sort of team he'll be putting out?
5: Not just yet, because we had the game postponed uh, this weekend, um, which was um, what we were supposed to be going to Leicester on, on Saturday. But all fans were very pleased that was postponed because of the team that was probably going to be playing. And Leicester, uh, of course, doing pretty well, just beating uh, Liverpool and gave Man City a good run for their money. So there may be a chance of some young lads being involved. John Rowe is a, is a young attacker who just made his debut in the in the Palace game. Um, they've got a Poland international winger called Shemet Poheta, who has kind of always been on the fringes. But Dean Smith seems to quite like him because he's a direct, traditional, very quick winger. Um Adam Eder it plays regularly for, for for Ireland, but doesn't really score many goals for Norwich, but they still think that there's a lot of potential in him up front. And then you've got a lot of the sort of summer signings haven't really clicked and haven't done the business yet. Pierre Lace-Malou is an experienced player in the French top flight. Josh Sargent is a USA international striker. Angus Gunn is someone they paid 5 million for in the, in the summer. Highly rated goalkeeper who's been in England squads and stuff in the past is a Norfolk boy as well. So, the, the big thing really that sums it up is that when, when he arrived, Stuart Weather sat next to him, at, 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 next to Dean Smith at a press conference and said, basically, they wouldn't be doing much in January. They'd spent all this money in the summer. He didn't think that Farker was getting the best out of that squad and that Smith has to achieve that. And now it's about getting the squad back together and him trying to get them to ful- fulfil their potential because they've been nowhere near it so far.
2: Thanks to David Freezer there for that cool analysis uh on uh, Norwich's plight so far this season uh i mean they they're a bit of a bore a bit of a weird club aren't they i asked i asked david there the question about how frustrating it must be for their fans to just be this weird yo-yo club and if you think about the teams that have gone up and established themselves in the premier league the likes of burnley or uh, you know even aston villa who who are doing the second season southampton done it for for a number of years now leeds are desperately trying to cling on to it uh, or wolves who've been up there for a number of years, or Brighton, basically every side that isn't, I'm not going to say Palace, because they'll they'll come down sooner rather than later. Um, Teams like Norwich, surely this is a chance for them to actually secure a Premier League berth for a number of years and they've never taken it.
4: Yeah, you'd think that that it's something that they would want to cling on to. I mean, you referenced Southampton there as well. I mean, they they came up from League One with Norwich at the same time, I think, or from from the Championship in that same season. And, And like you say, they've... They've made a mainstay of it. They've they've had a couple of seasons where they've been close to danger, but they've always managed to avoid it. They've had seasons where they've been on the verge of, of European football and Norwich, sadly, have been the side that, that come up and go back down immediately. And, you know, for their fans it must be very frustrating because they've kind of become a bit of a laughing stock. Yeah, you know? and when they do come up, everyone's like, Oh, we'll I'll go back down anyway. And they've got that tag now of just being this yo-yo club that always performed very well in the championship, but knowingly they're going to come straight back down again and that that must be really frustrating because i thought the manager they had at the time in daniel Farker had a lot of potential and and could have you know done a decent job there if if maybe they were given the opportunity to stay up but for whatever reason it doesn't seem to work out for them and now they've got a very good manager in dean smith you know someone that while he was at villa was being linked with with some seriously you know decent jobs because of the job he was doing at villa and he lost his job this year and he's gone over to norwich and you know, I'd I'd hate to think that it will be the same thing where they just keep going up and down and up and down with him because I think he's too good of a manager to settle for something like that.
2: Mm. Tom, do you think the fact that they've lost their last, was it, five games in the Premier League uh, without scoring a goal, do do you think that will play a part in, in their confidence levels coming into this considering it probably will be a very different side?
3: I guess the FA Cup maybe serves as a distraction. I mean not only have they lost them and, and scored no goals, which in itself is appalling, the, the state of their football has just been so bad. And a, a neutral looking at this game, I would imagine, would I don't know whether we'd be favourites, but certainly would think it's going to be a com- competitive game because like, they're, they're as bad a Premier League team as I ever remember seeing. Their inability to just play football, which is literally the one thing they have to do. But you never know, they, they have got on paper, very talented individuals and they might well come here and run us over. So it's a really difficult one to know. As you say, they're likely to rest a few of their key players as well, so that might help us. But I think when you're in as bad a form as they are, you'd imagine that that sort of permeates throughout the club. But having said that, maybe they get promoted and they accept they're immediately going to come down and take each season as a free hit. And if that's the case, then maybe, you know, atmosphere around the club actually isn't that bad. So... I don't really know enough about the inner workings of it, but I'd love to know what that mindset is. Because, as you said a bit earlier, they just they get promoted and they don't seem to show any ambition to actually try and stay there, which is, as you said, a sort of purgatory for their fans, really.
2: Mm, excellent stuff. Right, one more bit of news today: the uh, Charlton Athletic women's side have made their first signing of the January transfer window. Georgia Fox, uh, 18-year-old fullback, has joined on loan for the rest of the season from Chelsea. Uh, let's hear how delighted she is uh, to be here with Charlton.
6: Oh, it, it, feels, it feels so good. I've watched the team play over the course of the season and I've been really impressed with the football they've been playing. So, I think the group's really driven. I think Cameron's created a really good environment so I'm really excited to be part of that and yeah, I can't wait to get started.
5: You've been training with the team the last couple of days. How have you found that experience?
6: yeah the team's been really welcoming um it's a great group of girls and we've had two good sessions, so just ready to kick off the second half of the season now
5: you've had a chance to speak to Karen Hills as she said what she expects from you?
6: yeah I've had a few conversations with her um I think she just she just expects confidence on the ball getting forward because obviously, obviously I'm a fullback I like to whip in crosses so that's what she's looking for but obviously it needs to do my defensive duties as well but i I just just can't wait to get started playing with the team and yeah got some good connections in there already so yeah I'm looking forward to it.
5: And for the Charlton fans that maybe don't know quite as much about you what, what sort of player are you?
6: Um, I'd say I have a bit of flair going forwards like to put a few skills in there um, and whip in some crosses but then um, I like to take pride in my defensive duties as well so I think expect some good defending but then also expect me in the final third a lot as well.
2: There we go. All the best to Georgia for her stay uh, at the well at, at Crayford. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll help uh, fire the side further up the league table. So, final say then, Lewis, before we get into in, into Sunday's Cup tie. And don't forget, it's Sunday. I have to keep reminding myself it's not Saturday. Um, if we win this, it won't be, like I say, it won't be a seismic shock. But do you think it could build some momentum for the rest of our league season as well?
4: Yeah, I think so, because, you know, regardless of the of Norwich's stature in the Premier League, they're still a Premier League side. So I think, you know, if we can get a decent result out of them and it's a decent afternoon at the valley with a with a half decent crowd, then, you know, I think yes, it can it can definitely carry something into the regular league season, especially off the back of a couple of, you know, negative results from since Jacko's come in. You know, it's, it's been fairly faultless, isn't it? And now he's had these two defeats. You know, it's it's how we bounce back from that. So hopefully this proves as a good opportunity for, for us to cause a bit of an upset, boost people's confidence, and then go into a busy January um, fixture list and try and, you know, get ourselves back in that top six running. It's going to be difficult, but I think it's a good opportunity to do so.
2: Mm. And do you think the fact it is a Premier League side that that comes to the Valley, as we've said, in name only, does that add a little bit more excitement for you, Tom? Or does this feel the same as playing Barnsley? No,
3: no, it definitely adds a little bit more excitement. Um, I've got a couple of people I know who are Norwich fans who are coming down as well. So that just helps and gives me an excuse to see them. But I think the fact that it is a Premier League team, you know, that is still ultimately where we want to get to so it's an opportunity to challenge ourselves against them they're a team that probably we've played a little bit longer ago as well whereas if you do pick somebody from the championship it was only a year or two ago that we were playing them so yeah I'm looking forward to it I'm excited to get back down to to the valley and see what we can do against a team of whatever whatever level we're going to claim Norwich are at so uh yeah I think it's uh it's going to be an exciting one and an interesting game I think
2: Lovely stuff. Well, don't forget, uh, we'll be back on Sunday after the game to look back at whatever happens. Uh, against Norwich so make sure you get your views in on the performance uh, as soon as you can after the full-time whistle uh, either email studio at charltonlive.co.uk or tweet at charltonlive let us know your views on the game against Norwich because we'll be reading them out uh, that evening uh, on the podcast so uh, get those in uh, as soon as possible right thanks to everyone who's tuned in to this week's uh, big match preview I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show I'm Louis Mendes thank you to Tom and to Lewis who joined me as well cheers, so, cheers mate good to speak to both of you we'll be back on Sunday afternoon after the Norwich game we look forward to speaking to you guys then